President Joe Biden is pushing for a ban on assault weapons while urging Americans to speak up against white supremacy. His message came during his trip to visit in Buffalo on Tuesday. President Biden and the First Lady met with the shooting victims' families. An 18-year-old white man shot 13 people during a racist rampage at a grocery store on Saturday. Ten of them died. President Biden says there is no place for evil in America. What happened here is simple and straightforward. Terrorism. Terrorism. Domestic terrorism. That the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. You're listening to The Essentials with me, Maddie Flint, on the BMG Network. Welcome back to another episode, guys. Today, I'm going to be focusing on the Buffalo Massacre, which I'm sure a lot of you have recently heard of. It just happened. It's really devastating. But I just wanted to talk about how the Biden administration is framing this shooting into something that fits their politically motivated agenda. And I think that's extremely disrespectful. And we need to pay respects that are proper to the victims instead of turning this around and somehow cherry picking all the information from it and using it to bash conservatives. I think that's the most detrimental thing that a political party could do. Using a massacre to make opposing political party members look bad? That's really evil if you ask me, so I'm just going to talk about everything. So let's get into this. So what actually happened? The first question Google gives us after searching about it is, what does the Buffalo shooting tell us about racist violence in America? Now, I'm not going to make this about American systemic racism, so I'm paying no attention to that. Um, I'm actually going to use a Newsmax article from May 14th that explains this whole situation pretty well, I think. So an 18-year-old white gunman shot 10 people to death and wounded three others at a grocery store in a black neighborhood of Buffalo, and the grocery store was actually Topps and this happened in New York, before surrendering after what authorities called an act of racially motivated violent extremism. Authorities said the suspect, who was armed with an assault-style rifle and appeared to have acted alone, drove to Buffalo from his home several hours away to launch a Saturday afternoon attack that he broadcasted in real time on social media platform Twitch, which is a live video service owned by Amazon. 11 of the 13 struck by gunfire were black, officials said. The other two were white. The court papers named this suspect as Peyton Gendron, who was arraigned hours after the shooting in state court on first-degree murder charges with a carry of maximum penalty of life in prison without parole. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn said later, New York has no capital punishment. So authorities were saying that this teenager, who went to college near SUNY Binghamton, had come close to taking his own life before he was arrested. When he was confronted by officers at the store, the suspect held a gun to his own neck, but they talked him into dropping the weapon and surrendering. The suspect was even protected by body armor. There was a guard who tried to stop this guy, but he ended up one of the ten people shot to death, the nine others all being customers. Three other employees were also shot, but they are all expected to survive, authorities were saying. A document circulating online that appeared to have been written by the killer sketched out a to-do list for the attack, including cleaning the gun and testing the live stream. In addition, a 180-page manifesto outlining the Great Replacement Theory, the idea that white people are being replaced by minorities in the United States and other countries, also circulated online. 
So let me just give you some background on the shooter's beliefs. From the source, The Manifesto, the shooter described himself as a quote-unquote left-wing authoritarian. He hated conservatism. He believed that white people were being systemically eradicated. He believed Jews were responsible for societal ills. Most of the manifesto is anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. He believed in extreme environmentalism, and he called himself a white supremacist. He fits nowhere in today's mainstream political spectrum. So what I've gotten from this guy is that he is an extremist. Somebody who's an extremist on either side of the political spectrum, right wing or left wing, either of those ideologies, can be dangerous. This guy was racially motivated, but this event should not be used to define America as a racially polarized nation with roots of systemic white supremacy that still shows itself today. Racism does exist, but it's on an individual basis. It's not systemic. Not all conservative white males are racist who would go and shoot up a grocery store because they hate blacks. What the left is trying to frame this as is an act of violence on black communities that highlights how racist towards blacks white people are. To be specific, white male conservatives. Now this guy was not an ordinary conservative just going about his day, working for his family, believing that all lives matter etc. This guy is a criminal and should be not used to generalize any conservatives. Because conservatives are one, not all white, two, not all male, there you got me, <laughs> I'm already a part of that, and three, systemically racist. If we go back to America when the abolitionists and southern plantation owners were disagreeing on slavery issues, many of the Republican northerners wanted to free those in slavery because they saw it as an issue of human rights. The Dems, though, did not care about that. They wanted to keep their plantations running, and they didn't want to do the hard field work. So they insisted that blacks remain their property. I promise I'm not getting off topic. This all definitely ties together. So we know what the Three-Fifths Compromise of 1787 was, and how the slaves who were denied voting rights counted as three-fifths of the population so that the deep southern states could have more representation in legislation. And this was for the purpose of apportioning the House of Representatives. Blacks then were used to ensure that Southern white Democrats had enough power in government. Fast forward to Biden's presidency where white progressive Democrats are walking around saying that because they're white, they have some kind of theoretical privilege over anyone who has eumelanin in their pigmentation genetics. If they can persuade people of color that because they have this privilege, they should stay in power so that they can make better rules for them, then they are suggesting that people of color are not able, whether it's because they're thought to be less educated than a white leftist, less able to articulate than a white leftist, or less mature than a white leftist, that is racist. They're implying that they are racist towards people of color. At least that's what it sounds like to me. The left makes everything about race, everything. They judge people on it, they make policies on it, they hold themselves higher than others based on it, and that's the only thing they care about. That's how they see humanity, as different races, not as individuals. If a black man had been the shooter and white people were murdered, especially older white people, I'm sure some college-age radical leftists would probably be fine with it. How terrible is that? Because older white people tend to be more traditional and conservative in their beliefs and morals. 
white Antifa members blocked an elderly couple's path, and they were trying to use walkers to get across a busy street, and shouted, Nazi scum at them. I don't know if you guys all remember that, but my heart shattered when I saw it, just like it did to hear about this Buffalo shooting. Acts of violence, regardless of the skin color of victims and criminals, are horrific, devastating events and should not be changed by the media to fit any narrative. That's so disrespectful. Why would you pick and choose which acts of violence are more important based on your agenda? I'm also not saying in any way that this Buffalo massacre was not horrific. I think it's disgusting and horrible that the Biden admin would take such a devastating event and use it like this to their advantage. And it's not just them doing it, it's progressive leftists all over social media, as always. And they're doing it by making it about race. If they can frame an issue into a race-based one, they can add it to their narrative that racism is a systemic issue in America, and if they have enough info from instances of white supremacy, they can keep minorities voting for them, which keeps them in power. This Buffalo shooter stole the lives of 10 innocent people. And I'm not going to be associating these victims with George Floyd, because George Floyd did hold a gun to a pregnant woman. Nobody knows about that, though. And he had a criminal history, along with a history of drug use at the time of his death. I'm not saying that he should have died like that, because that also was really horrendous and it, it was violent. But... I'm not going to be idolizing George Floyd and then adding all of these victims underneath an umbrella of systemic and racially motivated instances where all these black people were shot by white men, and that's the definition of America. I am talking about these innocent people who were killed in Buffalo because I think it's all important that we know who they were so that we can pay our respects to them. So I'm just going to tell you guys their names if you haven't heard them. Roberta A. Drury, 32, of Buffalo. Margus D. Morrison, 52, of Buffalo. Andre McNeil, 53, of Auburn, New York. Aaron Salter, 55, of Lockport, New York. Geraldine Talley, 62, of Buffalo. Celestine Chaney, 65, of Buffalo. Hayward Patterson, 67, of Buffalo. Katherine Massey, 72, of Buffalo, Pearl Young, 77, of Buffalo, and Ruth Whitfield, 86, of Buffalo. I can't even imagine what their families are going through. Now, all of this stuff has happened, and there have been instances like this that have happened before, and regardless of all of that, there are still white liberals who tend to think that people of color can't speak for themselves, therefore they should make all the rules for them. Because minorities are always undereducated or lesser than they are. So I'm going to give you guys some vocabulary. The word infantilize is a verb that means to treat someone as a child or in a way which denies their maturity and age or experience. I've even been treated like that before. And if you always treat a black person as a victim, they're infantilized. That's treating them like they're immature and incapable of doing or saying anything for themselves. And I think that is so racist. Why can't we all just come together and mourn the loss of these victims in Buffalo instead of making everything political? But it's not up to me. It's up to everybody who's currently running our government. So as like an audio footnote, I just wanted to mention, because I know I mentioned eumelanin um, prior to now, I just wanted to mention what that is. 
So there are two major pigment types present in the skin, eumelanin and pheomelanin. Each is made exclusively in melanocytes and each derives from the amino acid tyrosine, which is oxidized and then it goes through a cycle of actions of tyrosinase and other pigment enzymes. So just to clarify, eumelanin is a dark brown or black bioaggregate of melanin pigments and pheomelanin is light pigments. So there you go. That's where we get our color from. And everybody has a variation of amounts of either of those, or for me, both. <laughs> so now you know a little bit of genetics and phenotypes having to do with human pigmentation. So on that note, I'm going to conclude today's episode. I know that was a lot of pretty heavy subject matter, but I think it needed to be talked about and not talked about in the ways that I've been seeing it showcased on social media. So with that, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Make sure to stay updated on all the new episodes of my show, The Essentials, that are posted on the BMG network. And I hope that you guys have a great rest of your Friday or whenever you're listening to this. Maybe it's not Friday. Either way, have a great day.